Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to one of my all-time favorite conversations, episode number 130 with the incredible Chris George. Chris is a man who has experienced life's ups and downs, has learned the lessons that came his way, and has the wisdom to eloquently share his stories and insights with the world today. He manufactured his own success in business from the ground up, nearly lost it all in the financial crisis of 2008 and has rebuilt his mortgage business, which boasts over 2,000 employees operating in all 50 states with an annual volume of over $25 billion. The full episode, including funny stories about Chris's original manager, Bruce Goodman, is available at changinglivespodcast.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with others and consider supporting our sponsors by visiting changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. In this short snippet, Chris shares a valuable lesson from Bruce Goodman, some poignant stories and lessons from his own life, and he begins by talking about some bedrock philosophies and concepts upon which the success of his company was built. I know you'll love this flashback today, and you'll definitely want to make time to revisit the full conversation in episode number 130. Now, here's Chris George, founder, CEO, and president of CMG Financial. I'm more interested in doing things properly and right by one another than I am necessarily in making a profit. Now, we have accidentally been a nonprofit organization. It's painful to do that, but we try not to do that too often. But on the other side of the coin, we do a lot to take care of our our customers um, and also to our employees. We're very militant about our culture. I want to make sure that we do things right by way of our customer and anyone who intersects with our company anywhere. I think that a lot of people lose sight of the fact that you think that the experience of your life are similar in nature to the experience of other people's lives. There's a little bit of a a misnomer here about a couple of rules that we're learning earlier in life. One of them is uh, the golden rule. And of course, it's an important rule. And it's not he who has the gold makes the rule. But generally, most major legitimate religions occupy about treating others the way you want to be treated, right? Do unto others as you would have done unto you. And that's a great rule, right? But sometimes and many times, treating others the way you want to be treated is great. But it may not be what the way they want to be treated. And right. so in our own organization, we created this thing called the Platinum Rule. And the Platinum Rule is do unto others as they would have done unto themselves. In other words, treat 
other people the way they want to be treated. Not necessarily the way you want it to be treated, but treat others the way they want to be treated. And of course, that begs the question, well, how do you know how other people want to be treated? And that's a simple answer. You have to ask. Yeah. How often would you like me to communicate with you? And in what way would you like me to communicate with you? Do you want me to send you an email or a text or a phone call? Would you like to meet in person? Would you like me to communicate with you in writing? Would you like to communicate with me face to face? Oftentimes we get that communication thing wrong because we don't first establish what is the preferred method of communication? Because almost all things in life either evolve or devolve into a form of communication. We later on took on a tagline. We've had this tagline now for years and that it goes every customer, every time, no exceptions, no excuses. And the experience extraordinary is our company tagline, but every customer, every time, no exceptions, no excuses means that I want your experience to appear as though you're the only customer I'm working with this year. I want you to sit there and say to me, wow, uh, that is like no other experience I have ever had positively. It was smooth. I never felt I was in the dark. Everything you told me would happen did happen. If there was a hiccup, there was an opportunity to over-communicate. When I first started as a loan officer, unknowingly, I adopted a mentality that served me well. What I learned was that in my effort to make sure that they were happy, Happy people referred me to other people who wanted to be happy. And so I made them happy. And along the way, I started making a couple of dollars along the way. In fact, it's the process of referral from previous customers that really built my business and helped me teach that to others to build their business. I built our company centered around this concept that I would make that, that experience so extraordinary, it would be memorable enough for you to be able to refer me to your friends and family. Wow. And through that process, over and over and over and over again, it's accumulated into a $25 billion company. That's well, I like to say that, astonishing. You know, this is the 27th year we've been in business. I like to say that we're a 27-year overnight success. You know? <laughs> I still wonder how a guy like me ended up in a chair like this, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you earned your way into that chair and I'm sure it was not easy. Can you tell us about some of the biggest challenges that you faced? So you understand we had a housing crisis in America around 2007 and 2008. It is as close to a near-death experience you can have. The only thing that rivals that is that when my youngest son was born, he was born with a liver disorder that put him on the transplant list when he was two weeks old. And by the time he was seven months old, it was pretty clear that we were not going to get a pediatric liver. And as a result, my wife, Teresa, said to me, why can't I give him part of my liver? And then whether this is fate, whether this is luck or karma, if it's a belief and being blessed, if it's a belief in something more than what you can see, whatever it is, it just turns out that the world expert in what's known as living-related transplants happens to be at UCSF Medical Center at that time. And so on May 1st of 1995, my wife went through a 19-hour operation that took a third of her liver out. Wow. Um, and my son went through a 22-hour operation where they took his liver out and put hers in. 
if you fast forward today, Adam is a uh, 25-year-old prolific surfer. He also happens to be a loan officer in our company. Sold Cutco. Yeah, he he sold Cutco for a while. You took the words right out of my mouth. So he's an alumni. And we've gone through a couple of scares along the way, but that probably was the biggest one outside of what happened in 2007 and 8 and watching uh, my company almost go out of business. Sometimes adversity requires us to give up a little bit too early, right? So you see something and you talk yourself out of it. Reminds me of listening to individuals who have gone through the BUDS training, the SEALs training down in Southern California and San Diego. And a lot of, there's a lot of books that's written about how to get through the SEALs training, but one of the common denominators of getting through that kind of training is the ability not to look too far in the future, to really focus on what you have at the moment and not talk yourself out of being able to make it through whatever it is you have to make it through. Within that realm, they talk about not focusing on the next 15 minutes or the next two hours, but really they talk about focusing on the next step in the run rather or the next 10 feet in the run don't focus on what you're going to do on thursday when it's monday focus on what you're doing on monday and focus intensely on the things you have to do to get to the next few minutes and the next few hours what i worry about today and somebody asked me a couple of weeks ago what keeps me up and my answer today is different than it ever has been i worry about losing the camaraderie and culture of what we've built over the last 27 years. I worry that because we are so distant today, so we're connected, but we're not connected like we used to be, where you could come in and see one another. I mean, there's no substitute to -to face-to-face communication. There's just none. And today I worry about us losing the very essence of who we are. And so we're thinking through ways to communicate with our people more frequently, like this, video communications, sending gifts out to our employees at home, little things, but they're not big deals, but just to let them know we're thinking about them. And other things that we're working on to try to make sure that we don't lose this wonderful thing as our, known as our culture, our personality, our company personality. I think that was something I also learned early on, again, from Bruce and, and from Don. I was just so surprised how easily and seamlessly business and sort of personal relationships seem to blend so easily. The level of mutual respect, the level of laughter, the level of uh, um, work environment enjoyability, all of those things just seem to meld the two lines of both, you know, business and, and personal. And I was so surprised when I early on watching the relationship between Don and Bruce, I was thinking to myself, man, this is the kind of relationship I'd want to have in my own business if I ever get there someday. I want to feel like going to work is something I love. And then, of course, it's not work, right? You know, I want to be able to go there and do something and make a difference and feel like I am part of something. There's somewhere in your life, there is a teacher or a coach who made a profound difference on your life, who Mm -hmm. impacted you. And by the way, most of the time positively could have impacted you negatively, but most of the time positively. The truth of the matter is, is if they didn't come through your life, you may not have learned a lesson that you needed to learn. Again, both positively and negatively. Clearly, Bruce was one of those people that came through my life. Clearly, there are people in your life that you can look back upon and say, you know what? Had it not been for that person taking the extra effort in me, the paying attention to me, when they probably had 300 other things going on, 
I wouldn't have gotten to where I needed to get to. My dad said something to me a long time ago. He said, whatever you're going through now is preparing you for something in the future. So no matter how difficult things are right now, you're being prepared for something in the future. And I remember going through the time with my son, Adam, thinking, what in the world is this preparing me for? My goodness, my son and my wife are both in the hospital and I'm broke, broke, broke. I don't have enough money to fill up my tank and gas. I go to call my father on my cell phone back then. My cell phone was turned off because I didn't have enough money to pay my cell phone bill. I mean, it's just, I'm thinking, what could this possibly be teaching me? Well, 1995 taught me how to get through 2008, right? And interestingly enough, 2008 taught me how to get through what we're going through right now. Hmm. What you're going through right now is going to get you through something else. It's hard to imagine that the coronavirus, the COVID-19, might be preparing us for something even worse. Right. Maybe it is. But what you are in the midst of right now is most certainly a lesson. And eyes wide open. Learn the lesson. Because when you get presented with that next challenge, those lessons that you've learned today, how to communicate, how to educate, how to console, how to counsel, how to give people faith when they don't think that they can do it, how to make people understand that there may be a different way than what we're accustomed to, either working at home or wearing a mask or washing your hands, all of which may be some things that were not really in our vernacular as recently as six months ago, that's going to take us to another place. And I think that's what my, my dad was trying to tell me, and that is learn these lessons now because they'll serve you well in the future. Are there any other words of wisdom that you would like to share with the audience today? So it probably won't surprise you. I'm, I'm the glass half full guy, right? I'm optimistic to the end. I'm, if you're ever down, call me. I'm the guy that's going to tell you it's going to be okay, and I do think it's going to be okay. I think if anything, what this... What this pandemic is teaching us is that life is pretty fragile. Mm-hmm. That maybe the most valuable commodity you own is time. It may be the only thing you actually really own. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that is running out when it's done, it's done, and you never have enough of it. And I can tell you, in your own career and in your listener's career, you're going to encounter two segments of your world, your career and your lifetime that's deal with time. The first one is this, stop wasting your time. You waste your time. You just do. You're either in the wrong place at the wrong time. Stop doing that. If you're in the wrong job, then go get the job you're supposed to do. If you want to perform on Broadway, then focus on performing on Broadway. If you want to start your own company, then quit waiting around and do it. I did it and didn't have a penny to my name. People say, well, how'd you fund your, your mortgage company? I said, Visa. That's, that's how I got my... <laughs> I did. I sold everything to keep the company alive and liquidated everything I had. And yeah, I get it. Some companies fail, but you know what? That's just another lesson. Get up and brush yourself off and, and get back into the game, you know? So the truth of the matter is stop wasting your time. And at some point in your career, you're young, but at some point in your career, you're going to get the choice to stop other people from wasting your time. And you do that today. In some cases, you have to. It's just part of your career. You're going to have to go through some things to be able to get to another place. But if you can get to a point in your life where you're no longer wasting your time and you're not letting other people waste your time, then you're making the most of your time. And that'll take me to the last story I'll give to you. 
So both my mom and my dad passed away in 2014, about five months aside from one another. It represents the worst year that I've ever had in my entire life. It will always represent the worst year in my entire life. My father, he suffered from dementia and a number of other issues toward the end of his life. And so for the majority of the time that we would spend together, the last 60 or 90 days, my dad would be asleep. So my routine was I'd go to work here, leave here about 4.30, drive up to Martinez to my family at home, sit with my dad for two or three hours. Sometimes he would be sleeping the entire time. The particular time I'm sitting there on the couch watching TV and my father wakes up and he, he hadn't been 100% there for months, months. And I don't know what it was about this particular time, but he literally woke up out of, out of a deep sleep and he said, do you remember the time that we went up to your brothers and sisters and your mother and I went up to Fallen Leaf Lake? And I said, yeah. And he goes, remember the time we caught those fish? And I said, I do. And the story he's relating is my father was an avid fisherman. We would go to one vacation every year. It was a place outside of Tahoe called Fallen Leaf Lake. It was the only place we went every year. And did that well before I was born. Up until my 20s, we would do that. And so one year when we were all little, my dad's routine was wake us all up super early, give us some hot cocoa and a, and a thermos, and we would all hike our way up to the same place. And we would all fish next to this bridge and this pool of this river, the, the, this kind of deep um, little pool area. And we would never, ever catch anything. But we <laughs> did it every year because that was the routine. This particular year, we're sitting there and it's, we're cold and we're drinking our cocoa and waiting for this whole episode to end. You can hear this rumbling of this vehicle coming up and this giant truck pulls up on the bridge. It looks kind of like a, like, like a small cement truck. We're all looking up and the driver gets out and he walks to the back of the truck and takes this like this chute that you see on the back of the cement truck and he swings it over to the edge of the, the bridge and he pulls this lever. And at that moment, he stocks that river with 10,000 hungry trout. I mean, we caught our limit in <laughs> it was so ridiculous at one point my brother mike was going out into the stream and just throwing fish up onto the up onto the bank and we have these pictures of all of us with with just dozens of fish on these streamer and my father couldn't stop laughing that was the story that he remembered a couple of weeks before he passed away the lesson taught me two things. One, I think at the end of our lives, it's not really about what we made or what we bought, what we owned. I think it's those moments of memorable moments that stick with us forever. That certainly was his memory. Uh, the other lesson that I'll leave you with is that when you catch that many trout early on in a vacation, you have trout for breakfast. You have <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.